Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So Sunday afternoon, I finally sat myself down after a wave of anxiety and I said, you're Skip Bleepin' Bayless. That's it. That's who you are. You got this. This is The Skip Bayless Show, episode 78. This, as always, is the un-undisputed. Everything I cannot share with you during the new Undisputed. Today, I will tell you why I do believe Trey Lance will one day, fairly soon, be the starting quarterback for my Dallas Cowboys. Today, I will take you way behind the scenes of the new Undisputed, which debuted this past Monday, way behind the scenes of Lil Wayne's creating our new intro song called Good Morning, way behind the scenes of a new feature that we're doing every Wednesday on Undisputed, Young Money featuring two of Wayne's favorite protégés, Yella Beezy, and Alan Cubas. And then finally today, I will tell you why my new favorite teammate is dot, dot, dot. But first up, as always, it is not to be skipped. You know, it's possible that maybe I'm now speaking with my pride, but I do believe that Trey Lance being acquired for a fourth-round draft choice will go down as one of the greatest steals in Cowboy history, right up there with the Herschel Walker deal. That was the deal Jimmy Johnson, then the head coach, once called the Great Train Robbery. This could be the second greatest train robbery, Jimmy, if, if I might. I just want to remind you that well before that 2021 draft, I said on Undisputed, on live national TV repeatedly, 
that Trey Lance out of North Dakota State would be at least as good as Trevor Lawrence, who of course went first overall. I said that Trey Lance would be better than Zach Wilson, who went second overall, would be better than Justin Fields, who went 11th overall, would be better, of course, than Mac Jones, who finally went 15th to Belichick. I said, people, we're looking at six feet, four inches, 225 pounds. Big arm, fast, fearless, high football IQ, gym rat, extreme work ethic, great kid, total package. North Dakota State in Trey Lance's first and only full year of starting won all 16 games, including the national championship game, albeit one division below Division One, but did win the national championship game in Frisco, Texas, in that stadium, very close to where Trey Lance now lives and works for the Dallas Cowboys. That season at North Dakota State, Trey Lance threw 28 touchdown passes to zero interception. Zero interceptions. I watched a lot of the tape of it. I saw one game live. I saw him run for 1,100 yards and occasionally just run right over linebackers at the goal line. Again, I don't love it long term, but I loved it short term. And what happened? After I teetered all the way out to the end of my limb on Undisputed, the Shanahans, Kyle and his father, Mike, having evaluated this kid much harder than I did, much deeper than I did, said, here we go. They traded their future for Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, who had only played one full season plus only one game during the pandemic season. They traded three first-round picks plus a third for Trey Lance. That's how much two of the greatest offensive minds in the history of football, father and son, that's how much they believed in Trey Lance. Wow. Made me feel pretty good. Makes me feel real good about what's going on right now with Trey Lance being a Dallas Cowboy. But of course, as you probably know, rookie year preseason, he fractures the index finger on his right and throwing hand. It's not good. Plagued him all year. You know what you have to do to throw a football. I mean, it does require your index finger to be on the laces. It bothered him. It hampered him. It distracted him. It plagued him. And he struggled. Was it just because of the index finger? Your guess as good as mine. I say no. I say that's what started it on started him on what became a long fall as in autumn as in plunge. Then just as he was starting to start games this past season, fractured his ankle, tore it up, dislocated it. It's a bad injury. It's a DAC injury. In fact, he said DAC contacted him, texted him. 
well wishes because Dak went through it. Hang in there, be tough. Dak having no idea that at one point soon, this kid could be coming for your job. So what happened in San Francisco? A, a billion to one shot happened. Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick in the draft, the, the next year, which was last year's crop, Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. I watched him a whole lot at Iowa State. I watched him three times against my Oklahoma Sooners, among other games. I always liked him, but I never loved him. I thought he could be a backup quarterback in the NFL. Who knows? Maybe that's what he'll prove to be in the longest run. But Jimmy G got hurt. Trey Lance got hurt. And all of a sudden, Mr. Irrelevant gets his shot. That's how the NFL works. People get injured. It's a war of attrition. And all of a sudden, Brock Purdy won the war. All of a sudden, he seized the day and the momentum of a very good football team, and here they went. I, I've never seen anything like it before. A billion to one shot. And all of a sudden, we come full circle to this year, and just as Trey is starting to get healthy, Sam Darnold becomes available. Sam Darnold is signed by the 49ers, and Sam Darnold is a very good backup quarterback. Again, I'm a Baker Mayfield guy, so I had Baker over Sam Darnold in that draft, and I think I was proven right. But Sam Darnold, been around, started a whole bunch of games, Jets, Panthers. Kyle liked him. Kyle trusted him. And Kyle said, there's my backup quarterback, not Trey, here. And it, it shocked me that the Shanahan's maybe feeling some shame, maybe feeling some foolishness, finally said, we just got to get out from under Trey because he's just going to be too big of a distraction to both Brock and Sam Darnold. They wanted Sam to be the clear-cut number two to Brock so he's no threat. They wanted to get the threat out of the building, and the threat was a threat to their legacy in some ways and to Brock Purdy. So here we went, and <laughs> they let it be known to the reporters in the Bay Area that, hey, if they could get a seventh-round pick for Trey Lance, they were going to be happy with that. What? Let's see. You traded a – wait, one, two – you traded three number ones. You traded a third, and you'll be happy if you get a seventh back? For a Trey Lance who's only 23 years of age? You're kidding me. <sighs> Jerry Jones got on the phone. I assume it was with John Lynch. I don't know that for a fact. But he is the GM. I know John. Love John. And I'm sure Jerry was thinking at the time, on the very first negotiating call, Trey Lance is available? I'll give you a mid-round pick. I'll end this conversation right here, right now. Jerry wasn't talking about a seven or a six or a five. Jerry said, I'll give you a four right here, right now, before we hang up. 
And before that call ended, they had a verbal handshake and Trey Lance was on his way to Dallas because Jerry smelled steel. Jerry smelled Herschel Walker. Jerry smelled gusher. Jerry is a plunger, made his money in the oil fields, oil and gas. And I don't think Jerry even thought it was a plunge. It was kind of low risk, extremely high reward. So the other day, Trey Lance does his first interview in Dallas. And he says, as soon as I heard Cowboys, a big smile spread over my face. Well, <laughs> when I heard Trey Lance to Dallas, a big smile spread over mine too. But wait a second, Trey was ecstatic to come to a Dallas that has obviously a clear-cut incumbent starter in Dak Prescott that clearly has the best backup quarterback in all the land. There is no team out there with a better backup quarterback than Cooper Rush See last year. See going back to Minnesota the year before at Minnesota on that Sunday night. See Cincinnati on the Sunday night that he had to step in for Dak after Dak got hurt on opening night against Tom Brady. See what Cooper Rush did late in each of those games at Minnesota Sunday night versus Cincinnati Sunday night. Look what he did at the Giants the following Monday night. Look at the two drives he put together after Saquon busted loose to give the Giants a 13-6 lead later in the third quarter. Look what Cooper Rush did on back-to-back -back drives. 12 of 13, he completed for 123 yards at the Giants on Monday Night Football. Giants were pretty good last year. That was a big game. That was a turning point game for the Cowboys. Cooper Rush took it over and won it. And he played very well against Washington. He wasn't really needed at L.A. because they ran the heck out of the football. And he got off to a rocky start at Philadelphia. I give you that. But then here he came. Michael Gallup dropped a touchdown pass right at the end of the first half that resulted in only three for my Cowboys. And then Cooper Rush, touchdown drive, touchdown drive in the third quarter. And we go to the fourth. It's only 20-17 to 17 Philly. Defense just couldn't stop Jalen Hurts. Three straight third downs, the third and four, third and one, third and four. Jalen got them with his power-packed legs, okay? But Cooper Rush was pretty good in that game. Cooper Rush, I thought, operated the offense more consistently and effectively than I've seen Dak in three years operate it. I am very content, very happy. I'm knocking on wood. For Dak, I don't want to see Dak get hurt. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But if Dak does go down and he does have some injury history, I'm completely content to have Cooper Rush as my starting quarterback because he will win games in this league. I used to say that about Tim Tebow. You have to let him do it his way. Well, Cooper Rush just does it his way. Maybe they simplify the plan just a little bit, but he's got more arm than you think he does. He hit CD last year, the Giants before that late rally of his, he hit CD with about a 50-yard throw, hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it. Remember that? My point is, Trey Lance was ecstatic, as he said, to come to Dallas. Well, why? You're, you're coming to a terrible situation for you right now.
Jerry Jones is already on record. I see no role for Trey Lance this year. Okay, I got it. So I'm thinking, Trey, you're a smart kid. Wouldn't you want to go to the Patriots? Mac Jones is sort of teetering along as a starter. There's no real threat back up there. Wouldn't you want to be that backup? Sure you would. Wouldn't you want to go to the Falcons? You could be the starting quarterback by midseason. Wouldn't you want to go to the Titans? Wouldn't you want to go to the Dolphins? Tua, I know the coach loves him. The, the former coach didn't love him at all. I'm not sure that locker room loves Tua. And he's obviously as brittle as they come. What about the Seahawks? Geno had a sensational year last year, but he's still Geno Smith. You don't think you'd have a chance there, but right now you don't have a chance in Dallas, but he wanted to be in Dallas. And you know why he wanted to be in Dallas? Because everybody wants to play for the Cowboys. They haven't been to the NFC Championship game in 27 years. Obviously, I haven't been to a Super Bowl in 27 years. But everybody still wants to see that star on the side of their helmets. Trey Lance loved coming to Dallas because of legacy, because of history, and because I'm telling you the God's truth, he's looking at Dak Prescott as much as he likes him as a guy, and he's thinking, I'm better than him. He is on ceiling. His ceiling is higher than Dak's. He's taller than Dak. He's faster than Dak. His arm is bigger than Dak's. Ceiling is higher. And he's saying, I'm in a great spot because at some point, at some point down the road, I'm going to get a shot and I'm going to cash that shot. But here's the conundrum with Trey Lance. And I, I can't argue out of this one. Trey Lance If I combine his attempted passes in college and pro football, if I combine them all, these are attempts, throwing attempts, the grand total is 420. Dak threw more passes last year for the Cowboys than Trey Lance has thrown in his entire college plus pro careers. How do you get experience when you're now relegated to being the third team scout team quarterback? I don't know. He started one year at North Dakota State plus one game. He started four games at San Francisco because he kept getting hurt. That brings me to the one disqualifier in my argument here. Obviously, as the old cliche goes, durability just might be the greatest ability. Trey Lance has not displayed durability as yet in the National Football League. Are these freakish injuries or consistently recurring injuries? I remember in my days covering Roger Staubach's Cowboys, there was a cornerback I will not name, so I don't shame. But there was a cornerback who just kept getting hurt. They could not keep him on the field. He's a good player. A very good player. And they nicknamed him the Eggman. Well, if Trey Lance turns out to be the Eggman, then I'm out. It's like I talked about Johnny Manziel before he got drafted. If he's got drug and or alcohol issues, I obviously I'm out. And he did. And I was out. On Trey Lance, if 
a year from now, two years from now, he gets a shot in his first game, or heck, for that matter, in a preseason game, he breaks something or something tears or something goes wrong. I'm knocking on wood. I don't, not wishing it, but then you got me. No, bust. But I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. Here's the point. What if, what if Dak does struggle this year? And I fear he will. Tied for the lead in interceptions last year, 15, while missing five games. He's under a lot of pressure. He's on a very hot seat, as is his coach, who's now calling his plays. What if he gets off to a bad start? What if they have a bad year? Jerry's confronted with, should I extend him or not? What if Jerry finally says, you know what? I really love this kid, Trey Lance. Let's just see what we can see. Well, what if they, next preseason, I'm doing just a speculation here. What, what if you threw him into the fire and played him for at least a half in all three preseason games? Maybe they'll, depending on whether they play in the Hall of Fame game or not. But what, what if for three preseason games you play him a half? Maybe even play him as Belichick used to play Brady. What if you play him three quarters in the third game? Get him reps. It's a conundrum of he doesn't have enough reps. We see the ceiling. The Shanahan's definitely saw the ceiling. But reps. What if Jerry says, I want to plunge? What if Jerry says, I've seen enough, albeit in preseason. Let's just throw him into the fire. Let's go forward with Trey Lance. Wouldn't shock me, Jerry's highly capable of plunging like that. Could Trey Lance figure it out on the fly off one big preseason? I say yes. Is his ceiling higher than Dak? Yes, it is. There's no doubt. Long run, would the Dallas Cowboys be a little better with Trey Lance than Dak? I, I just say yes. That's a gut feeling of mine. I, I'll be honest, you know, I've watched Trey a lot with the 49ers. There are times I didn't love him. His delivery gets a little bit long. Sometimes his touch and feel come and go. But remember, he had the weight of the NFL world on his shoulder pads because two of the greatest minds ever said, we plunge for you out of North Dakota State. Maybe that combined with the finger injury that finally culminated with the ankle injury, maybe it was just too much. Maybe he did crumble some under that weight of expectation. Maybe the injuries just finally derailed him and his confidence. But what if the pressure subsides through this year in Dallas? I believe it will. What if this offense he finds a little easier to pick up and comprehend and get a hold of than Kyle Shanahan's calculus of an offense in San Francisco? What if he finally finds himself in Dallas? Because trust me on this, this is amazing talent with high intangibles. 
What if he finally figures it out? He's only 23. What if he gets it at 24 or even at 25? What if he does stay healthy? Is it possible that Jerry hit a gusher here? I say a big yes to that. And furthermore, you realize that one of those first round picks, one of those three that the Shanahan's spent for Trey Lance originally, found its way through different teams all the way to guess who? The Dallas Cowboys, one of those three first rounders. Guess what that pick became? It became a Micah Parsons, my oh Micah 11 from heaven. What if the Shanahan's somehow bizarrely have won a Super Bowl for my Dallas Cowboys? Hmm. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's get to your question, shall we? This is Hector from Miami FLA. What is different or challenging about the new Undisputed? Hector, as you might have noticed, we've been excuse me, experimenting with me sort of wearing two hats through the show. We were able to land Richard Sherman, Keyshawn Johnson, and Michael Irvin. All three, I had a wish list. We had a, a think tank meeting, me and the guys who run this network. We went over, I don't know, 75 odd names. Yes, no, maybe, yes, no, maybe. I ranked Richard Sherman, Keyshawn, Michael Irvin in that order only because I knew Richard was available. I wasn't sure about Keyshawn, and I definitely wasn't sure about Michael Irvin. But those were my three top targets. I'm not sure you can find that kind of energy anywhere on television. We have all different new features. We have a new social media segment. I hope you're enjoying it because I am out of my mind for it. We're twice a show. We ask you to go hashtag Undisputed Live. Send in your thoughts, pro or con. We appreciate a little sarcasm as long as it's funny sarcasm. And the response has been sensational. So twice a show, I will read whatever, two, three, four, however good they are, of your tweets. We'll flash up some memes. Maybe they're about our attire or our opinions or what, whatever is on your mind so that you can actually be a big part of Undisputed. As I say, if you'll just obviously keep it clean, keep it in bounds, keep it funny, keep it insightful, even if it's sarcastic, or negative, 
you too could be a star on Undisputed because maybe we'll start to consistently use your tweet and your meme. All this is so new. I'm going to get to our other segment here in a moment that's brand new. But the truth is, as different and challenging as this is for me, as my wife Ernestine always says to me, that my comfort zone is always outside my comfort zone. I, I don't like comfort zone. I, I like to be uncomfortable. And yeah, I guess you could say I was a little uncomfortable on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this show, but in a great way, like an edgy way, like a, an explosive way. And I love the feel and the flavor and the vibe and the momentum of the new Undisputed. All I can tell you is my new teammates, Michael, Key, as they call him, Sherm, those three, every day, the moment we finish, they look across the table and say, man, that flew by. Maybe it didn't fly by for me quite like it did for them because I'm having to do some heavy lifting. But that is a great sign, Hector from Miami, Florida. This is Brett from Houston. Good question. How much did you sleep on Sunday night? Obviously ahead of our relaunch on Monday. Not much, Brett, but more than I expected. I always say about live television, it's about preparation and concentration. I have never prepared harder than I did for the four or five days leading up to Monday because I never have that kind of time, that luxury of time to prep. We prepped hard, I prepped harder. I scripted out a rocket launch of an opening for that Monday show because I needed to, because I was going to introduce all three of my new teammates. And it was a lot because I had to put it into what's called teleprompter or prompter as we say. I, I don't use prompter. I'm not using prompter now. I've got some notes here, but I'm mainly just letting it fly. Can't just let it fly on live national television. So I'm going to use the prompter in ways I've never used the prompter because my open, as we say, for Monday's show was lengthy. I don't know. I'm, I must have gone on for 15 minutes with the intros because it's a lot to read, it's a lot of points to make, it's a lot of messages to send. And I was coming out of my chair. I'd been off television for too long. I got rocket launched by Diet Mountain Dew, the breakfast of champions, the nectar of the gods, rocket fuel. So I'm reading the prompter I did okay. I do the three big introductions. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it just explodes with energy, 
lightning strikes, chaos, all of it sensational because we had all waited so long. So th the point is, did, did I have on say Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, did I have some bouts of insecurity? Yeah, I had a few. Did I have sort of waves of anxiety? Yeah, I'm human because I wasn't sure I'm a control freak. I just wasn't sure what to expect. It's, it's all new. Even now, we're still experimenting. It's all new. I jump out of bed in the morning thinking, wonder what's going to happen today. I don't know. I'm out of my comfort zone, and I am extremely happy right now. I love this feeling. I, I love the over-emotion of the moment. Just a quick look back into my background. Just, just remember how I was built or unbuilt growing up in Oklahoma City. Broken home, both parents extremely alcoholic in very different ways. Neither parent ever encouraged me whatsoever. I was the oldest. My father, when he was around, which wasn't much, only tried to tear me down and tell me, because he was threatened by me, that I would never amount to anything. Our relationship ended my junior year of high school in a fist fight. I had a fist fight with my father and I knocked him cold. And that was the end of that as it should have been. So my point to you is in situations like this with high stress, high anxiety, I've had to build my own confidence. I didn't get any from big brother, big sister, father or mother. I went away to school, way out of my comfort zone. I was a public school kid from Oklahoma City at Vanderbilt up against a whole lot of private school kids from New York, from Los Angeles, from Dallas, from Atlanta, from Nashville. I somehow figured it out and graduated cum laude. I struggled here and there, but I figured it out. I came out here fairly quickly to the Los Angeles Times and I was regarded as the best young writer in the country because I worked at it and figured it out and God above, thank you God, gave me some ability to do that. I became the godfather of the debate genre and format. I was given the ability to do that and I, I hope I have maximized it. So Sunday afternoon, I finally sat myself down after a wave of anxiety and I said, you're Skip Bleepin' Bayless. That's it. That's who you are. You got this. And I actually slept pretty well. Not the longest I've ever slept. I don't ever sleep much anyway. I get up at two o'clock in the morning. But I slept pretty well. And maybe the key to all this was on Sunday, as I always do, I went to church. And I prayed for strength just to get through it, just to get through the chaos, the inevitable onslaught of negativity on the internet, I'm still here.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Bayless. Just go to Indeed.com slash Bayless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Bayless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Drew from New Jersey. Cowboy Mondays are going to be insufferable with Michael Irvin, aren't they? Asks Drew from New Jersey, who must be a Cowboy hater. Maybe a Giants fan, who knows? Maybe even a Jets fan. (sighs) Drew, I don't think they're going to be insufferable. I think they're going to be incomparable. Michael Irvin, as I've said many times, to me, and this has nothing to do with me being a Cowboy fan, but he was the greatest receiver ever. I know because I was there and I covered his teams and I wrote books about, or a book about his team, the 90s Cowboys. He was the leader of those teams. He was the rocket fuel of those teams. He lived up to the most fitting nickname ever, the Playmaker. I call him the best receiver ever because when it was time to make a play for those teams that won three Super Bowls that should have been at least five in a row, if not more, don't get me started. When it was time to make a play in Washington or in New Jersey at the Giants, Philadelphia, 88 made the play. It was eight to 88, Aikman to Irvin. San Francisco, 8 to 88. But unusually, Michael was the leader even more than the quarterback Troy was, or even more than the running back Emmett was, or even more than any of those defensive stalwarts and leaders were. The receiver was the leader. So it is an honor to have him as a teammate once again. But there's a huge difference between me and Michael Irvin that you will see more and more of on the new Undisputed. Remember, Michael is more like a cowboy ambassador. He still lives in Dallas. He's very close with Jerry Jones. I know Jerry very well, but I wouldn't call me close to him. I'm not. Michael knows Dak. Michael likes Dak. Michael will defend Dak. He lives in Dallas. I got it. He bleeds metallic blue because he played for the Dallas Cowboys and he's in the Hall of Fame because he played for the Dallas Cowboys. He's got three Super Bowl rings. I'm different. 
I'm lifelong diehard cowboy fan, but I am, you can call it an oxymoron if you so choose, I'm an objective cowboy fan. I'll actually be much harder on the Cowboys when they lose than you will be if you're an Eagles fan or somebody else, Giants, Washington. The point is, I can criticize my team, but I don't want to hear you criticize it or you're going to hear from me. So my, my point is, I'm sometimes over hard on the Cowboys, and I'm sure I will be if they lose this year. And Michael and I are going to disagree about why they lost and what should be done. I guarantee you we will disagree on that. I'm looking forward to it. Michael Irvin is a natural-born showman. He is one of the great entertainers that ever came down the pike. As a football player and as a commentator, one of the greatest entertainers ever. You know me. I, I'm, I'm different. I, I can't help being 1,000% me. I'm extremely emotional, over-emotional. I'm fiery. I'm obviously outspoken. I can't help myself. I'm just 1,000% real. Michael is 1,000% Michael the showman. And he definitely believes everything that he's going to say but it's coming from a completely different place than I'm coming from. I'm coming from a distance. He's coming from inside. Trust me, we're going to go at it. You're going to get extremely different points of view from two humans who love the Dallas Cowboys with all their heart and soul. I can't make this up. I can't do any better than I can't go in the lab and create TV gold any better than I can than me versus Michael Irvin when the Cowboys win or the Cowboys lose. I, I cannot wait for Cowboy Mondays or Cowboy Tuesdays or Cowboy Wednesdays. This is Jack from Utah. How did Lil Wayne write a better theme song than No Mercy. <sighs> it's called Rare Genius. It's called True Genius. It's called Goat Genius. I've mentioned this before. I'm going to say it again. For two years, he kept mentioning to me, you know, I, I, I'm going to do a new theme song. He calls it intro song. I'm going to do a new intro song for Undisputed. Okay, be my guest, but how can you get better than best? I mean, to me, No Mercy, it's, it's like a hit song. It's a classic. It's, if, if you put it out on the market, it would sell. And he did it for me and for us. And he says, he kept telling me, just, just watch. Just watch, I'm going to do it. Okay, Shannon leaves. All of a sudden, the opportunity presents itself. It rears its ugly head right there. It's like, okay, Wayne, you're on. 
I told him, look, if you want to just tweak the lyrics a little bit, you don't have to do a new song. I got this. I got this. Okay. Took a little while because we had a little while to play with because we we're on hiatus. All of a sudden, out of the, I didn't push him. I never asked, how you doing? I, did, I didn't ask anything. Genius at work. Let it lay. Stay away. It's midnight one night. My wife Ernestine and I are about to go to bed. Look at my phone. Text from Wayne. There's, there's no writing on the text. There's no script. It's just a song. It's just a song. And I'm like, wait a second. I, I, I think he just sent me a song. I don't know if it's an updated No Mercy or a brand new song. I don't know. She says, well, do you want to wait until the morning? I said, no way. Well, she said, you know what's going to happen? If you play that song right now, we're not going to go to bed for like three hours, which we did not. But it was worth it because I played, I hit play, and we listened. And, and it was just, it was just surreal. I, I looked at her and I said, this is impossible. I got goosebumps hair raised on arms. I said, he just did a whole new song about me and Undisputed, a whole new song, new lyrics, and then he sort of segued back into some Old Mercy, excuse me, that's Old Mercy now, No Mercy. And I listened a second time and a third time and it took about four times to really let it sink in. And before I texted him back, I said, guess what? He just pulled off the impossible. He just created a song that I think is a little better than No Mercy. What? It's impossible. It cannot be. This song is so good that every day now, we've done three shows as I record as I tape this on Wednesday afternoon it gets in my head and I can't get it out in a good way I text him after today's show I said it doesn't get old it just gets better and better I keep playing it over and over in my head skip the BS is the first line which is the essence of me it, it, it I he, he always just nails it he, he he knows me he gets me he knows me on TV. He gets undisputed. He was obviously on Monday with me talking a little bit about this. He's very humble about these things. It's hard for him to talk about the creative process because in some ways, I think it's, it, it's almost a gift unto itself. Like, like he, he just sort of sits back and watches the gift take over and he's never sure exactly how is that happening? I don't know. Just thank you, God. It's, it, it just happens. And it, it doesn't astonish him at all. There was no, I can't believe what I just wrought. Now, he did tell me he was on pins and needles, that he was biting his nails for my response that night. And after the fourth listen, I texted him back, 
you know, just, I, I don't know how you did this, but you, you just pulled it off. You, you, you proved me wrong. You did better than the best. This song is better than No Mercy. And I think most people now, if you've heard it several times, maybe 10 or 12 times, I think you would agree. It's a little better than the best, No Mercy. This is called Good Morning. I mean, just the, the, the brilliance of, he, he opens up with, good morning. Okay, I, and Ernestine looked at me like, that's such simple genius. Like, yeah, it's a morning, it's a good morning song. Then I asked Wayne, what, what do we want to call it? We were right here in this studio doing the, the video shoot for it. He thought for a second. First he said, we could just call it Undisputed. And then he said, no, 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 just, just call it Good Morning. I said, okay, that works for me. So it's Good Morning. Wayne is now so grateful to me because it was my idea to try a weekly new segment on the new Undisputed called Young Money. My idea, not Wayne's. He did not ask. He did not push. Nope, not at all. He did not suggest. I came up with the idea and I asked him, what if we try what we would call a Young Money segment weekly in which I'd take two of your protégés, two young men that I knew Wayne absolutely loved, Yella Beezy, who lives in Dallas, knows a lot of the Cowboys, Alan Cubas from New Orleans, Wayne's hometown. Wayne absolutely loves and believes in, believes in both of them as performers. Beezy raps. Alan is more of a crooner. He's, his father's from Honduras. His mother is white from Mississippi. So he's a great mixture of New Orleans. He is such a great sports fan. So is Yellow Beezy. They, they really, really know their stuff. And I just had this inclination that if we paired them up, that it would work on television as young money. Just very different, new, refreshing points of view. To, I'm not even sure how old they are. They're probably late 20s, both of them. I could be wrong about that. But the point is, Alan may be a little younger than that. We've done our first one this Wednesday. We just did it today, and we'll do it every Wednesday. But Wayne texted me that he just had tears in his eyes because these are like sons to him. And he was so thankful that I put them on the map and gave them a chance. And I'm like, grateful? I, I'm the one who's grateful. It's like the very least I could do. Not that I was trying to do it for Wayne. I was doing it for all of us. For them and undisputed and certainly for Wayne. But he said as he watched, he got a lump in his throat and he got tears in his eyes, as did I. That first night I listened to Good Morning. I do love you, ma'am. Thank you. This is Jonah from Seattle, who says, 
Michael, Keyshawn, and then all caps, Richard, question mark. A very succinct question, almost in code, but I loved it. Yep, yep, yes siree, on all caps, Richard. So as you all well know, I did 11 years ago have one epic clash with Richard Sherman. I've detailed that clash. Richard and I talked about it on Monday's debut show of the new Undisputed on live TV. We went back and forth about it. I thought it worked pretty well. We were both coming from opposite ends of the earth. It was weirdly wrong place, wrong time for both of us. We're totally cool now. We laugh about it. And the most amazing thing has happened. And I'm speaking from my heart. I really like Richard Sherman. I really do. I'm getting to know him more and more. And it has been an unexpected pleasure to get to know him the way I have. I've been able to get sort of inside Richard in different ways to where you start to look into his eyes, windows into his soul, heart. I love his energy, I love his edge, and he's got a great big heart, trust me on this. He's a good dude. I love his path straight out of Compton through Stanford, fifth round to the Seahawks, something of an overachiever. Was a track star in high school, but didn't time fast enough for pro football. And in some ways, the way I did, Richard just figured it out. He played maybe as much with his head as his body, played with his heart, played with his edge. He's got some overachiever in him, as do I. He works hard at television. He prepares hard for the new Undisputed. He is extremely coachable, very eager to learn, comes early, stays late. R look, Richard Sherman, I think you would all agree, he, he can be a star in this, his second career, if he wants to be. But yes, it is surreal. It's just absolutely surreal that Richard Sherman is sitting just to my right, right at my right elbow, every morning on the new set of the new Undisputed as my new teammate. Life doesn't get any stranger than that. And that is it for episode 78.
Thank you very much for listening and or watching. And thanks to Jonathan Berger and his All-Pro team for making this show go and the new Undisputed go all week long. Way to go. Thank, thank you all for that. Thanks to Tyler Korn for producing. Remember, Undisputed is every weekday, 9.30 to noon Eastern on FS1, the Skip Bayless Show, every week.